You're listening to the Unreasonable Fridays Podcast Network. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to another episode of ADD Space. I'm your host, Aaron Rand Freeman, but the actual host, the CEO, CFO, social media director, art director, head therapist, payroll maven, and travel czar, Elise Bacon. Bacon, how are you? Ah, get off my desk! <laughs> your, your, cat, your cat is high. So your cat's not your cat's not be paying you no mind. Your cat's not paying you no mind. Uh, she's she's fine, but she's also discovered my desk, and <laughs> it's it's been a thing. And she's high, which makes it even harder to regulate. Well, what did you, Hello, what did, everybody. What, what I'm did, here. What did your cat? What did you have to give your cat? So I have to give her gabapentin because she's got the arthritis because she's the olds and um uh. Uh, I usually give it to her like every, like tw- twice a day, like about anywhere from like ten to twelve hours apart. But my not awake self, just out of habit, added it into her breakfast. So there's a little bit of an overlap. It's perfectly safe. She's fine. She's- it is below. It is below the dose that my vet even gives her for anxiety visits so it's fine but she's a little high which makes it so she also can't really like remember time schedules very well and she's being obnoxious hello she's she's high baby she is very high oh that's cool have her on the show next after our guest the writer Social commentator, thought leader, observer, activist, creator, game critic, author, and speaker, Jeffrey Russo. Sir, how are you? Welcome to the program. Hi. <laughs> What's going on? What's going on? Um, I'm happy to be here once again to talk to you both, um, see your beautiful faces, and talk about games. Uh, thank you for having me. Marvel. Thank you for being here. Fantastic. Thank you for dealing with me. So, full disclosure, I'm turning into a vampire, and you know how long that process is. It's not like you, you don't snap into place. You got a lot of you were bedridden for a long time, and um, I'm still in the process of turning into a vampire. And um, yeah, so we were supposed to record yesterday, and did not because I could not get out of bed or maintain consciousness. I have a um, I have a cold for the first time. I hadn't been sick in several years, and I have a cold. Because um, Erica's white coworkers hate masks and love schmoozing, and um, and uh, brought home a cold that hit me hardest because I hadn't been sick in so long, and my immune system instituted martial law on my body, and um, decided to take this opportunity to um, fix several issues that are unrelated to having a cold. So um, yeah, I was just in bed. Doing the sweats, doing the sweats and the fidgets that people do when they're turning in and they go, they go, doctor, what's happening to me? Just settle down, sir. Settle down. That type of deal. So we're here now, though. And thank you for being patient with me, Jeffrey Bacon. Thank you, guys. Um, Absolutely. Thank you. And thank you for being here with my cat. 
Your cat's just, your cat's just high, baby. It's Sunday. Jesus, Jesus, fucking God did the same thing. That's what do you what do you think rest meant? <laughs> no, I think it was high, bro. Okay, I'll accept God being high. I think it was high. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He was high, and then he woke up, and he he was high, and then he was like, "Let me get some brunch." So, I mean, don't let me go down this rabbit hole. I have a whole I, story. I'm not. I'm, I have, I'm not. I'm not. My I'm favorite not bit. My, fa- my favorite bit is when my favorite bit is when people who I didn't realize object to that. Like they don't necessarily agree with my short stories about God on His day off because I have several and I've just been making them up for years. I I have one ongoing. I, I honestly one. didn't know that he'd been making them up for years. Yes, I have. Um, I have one continuous story with Erica about God meeting a lovely woman named Tiana, a lovely black woman named Tiana on Saturday <laughs> night. And spending his day off with her, getting to know her better, and having a really lovely romantic time where they just kind of spent the whole day kind of talking and walking around the city. And that was why he rested, because he met a fantastic black woman named Tiana. And he was like, fuck it, I'm going to take today off. I've worked six days in a row. She was like, yes, you have. Take some time for yourself. And he did. And that was Sunday. So, again, I have lots of these. I'm going to stop now, though. What are we doing for the show? I don't know. I'm a vampire. I don't know anything about anything about anything but vampire stuff. So I, I think this started this show started from how some shows start. An increasing number of shows have have and start from arbitrary random discussions that break out in the podcast. I mean in the podcast Discord. Yes, that was the correct language to use. Sorry, mm-hmm, cat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, yeah, and so I honestly, I'm not gonna lie because of, of the way that happens when I have the conversations is that something gets said and then I just start doing paragraphs. So I don't always remember what the conversation is or how it started or mm. how we got there. Uh, but y'all who listen to the show are used to this. <laughs> it it does not just happen on the show it happens literally everywhere it's how the show even formed um so i i, I will have to rely on uh on aaron and the mr russo i just like saying <laughs> your last name um <laughs> to help figure out where where this started what what was the starting point how how did we get here mm-hmm. um I forget who 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 said what first exactly, but basically, um, was it the chicken or the egg? Oh, we were we were talking about um, the weird response where um, when a lot of games come out, where yes. it seems to be this um, this um, great burden. Like it becomes mm-hmm. a thing where uh, the like game games media will then regard it as this great burden. <laughs> that they have I mean, to, buy to be fair, play. it is a huge burden on them. Um, yes and no. I mean, I don't know. That's where that's where Jeffrey would come in because I do not. I guess I could. Yeah. I do not know. So is it is it a great burden? So the whole phenomenon that we see often about like a, a quote unquote packed month release slate, and then. We, we've seen people say, oh, no, my wallet for God knows how long on the Internet. Right. Um, the thing about that is 
there are a number of ways to look at that. So professionally, from like what I do, like business journalism, when I look at that, I'm like, I, I one thing comes to mind immediately is that the PR machine that these companies build and like have going are like incredible because you have a release. I'm, I'm thinking specifically of January, right? Because like January next month is going to have the next chapter of Like a Dragon, Infinite Wealth is going to have like Persona Reloaded and some other games I'm forgetting, but that doesn't really matter. And then, you know, people are worried about that then, you know, and even this October, you have what? Um, the new Mario, Spider-Man, you have what? Alan Wake, you have uh, 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 Assassin's Creed, some other games I'm forgetting, right? And my Alan Wake out of that one. What? True. And what I think about is that these PR machines that these companies built and maintain is like, for one, the PR people who get paid to do what they do, um, they need higher salaries. Well, technically everyone does because, you know, we're, we're, we're a podcast that advocates for that. So anyway, there's that. There's that, right? Like you're thinking it's like, damn, you're getting people excited that months in advance for this stuff. And then people always... And the other part of it I think of as well is uh, that people feel that they, quote unquote, have to get all these things, right? And that that's another cog in the wheel that I, I step back and think, you know, when I read these reports and I think about like unit sales, um, the thing that Bacon like, um, you know, reminds us of is that most people do not finish games. Um, people just buy things or, you know, you have Game Pass where you you have the ability to um you know play what's available if, if you have time but it, it's always fascinating to me that people always say i have to engage with all these things when and that's why i wanted to talk with everyone and and you know share your thoughts and we can bounce off each other is that people feel compelled again this is like the work of the the pr machine and appealing to people's um, different tastes, what they like, new things they might want to try. Um, and, and it's that, that constant, oh, I got to do all these things. I'll tell you right now, I've been playing the same one game, Bomb Rush um, Cyberpunk, for nearly a month now. And, like, I haven't really been playing anything else. Uh, in fact, I'm trying to, like, cut back on buying so many games because, doing my job specifically i just think about there's a lot of money that's made that could go elsewhere to like different kind of games not necessarily like triple a but anyway that that's a whole different conversation but it, it it's the fact that i always got to plug in it's like huh no you don't what listen fomo is also a whole thing mm, mm. like Folks really be dictating their lives on FOMO. Um, and uh, that's a whole trip, too. And I get that, especially, too, especially, like, when games are, like, more multiplayer because, like, you want to play with your friends. So you want to, like, enjoy the game while it's new with your friends while your friends are still playing it so you can engage with them. But, like, if you ain't got that money... Or if there's like other stuff you would rather like you want to do, it, it like that there's there's a there's a time on that. Um, uh, 
what I was talking about, like perfect, like on a professional level, I'd be thinking about these reviewers that clearly be hating their job. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, I bet they be I have something to say these, about that. Yeah. I, I bet yeah. they'd be looking at these releases being like, God, no, please stop. <laughs> yeah. Because, yeah, like, you know, that's one of the things, too, that we were that it's actually one of the things like very early in the podcast that we started noticing with like reviewers is that it's like it's clearly like it's not just that the reviewer doesn't like the game like it, it's like the re- the reviewers very much not having fun and is reviewing the game off of the fact that they're not having fun which valid mm. but like it, it it's like it, it was less of a like a critique on the game if that makes sense like it's oh, yeah. less of like a critique and more of like i'm just i just hate this there was and it's a, just like, there was honey, a, you're playing the wrong genre. Yeah, the, the <laughs> Polygon review of a Mortal Kombat 1 was like that. That person was complaining about like um, Mortal Kombat basic combat fundamental staples for the past 20-odd years. And I was just like, ooh, you don't want to be there. Ooh, I'm so sorry your job requires you to play Mortal Kombat right. for 25 hours. Because you seem like you profoundly hated the experience of just playing a Mortal Kombat game. I'm so sorry for you. Yeah, there there were a few of those where like we're reading them and it's like this got a bad review and I'm like, uh, they just this isn't their game. <laughs> like this isn't even like review level. This is just like they really are unhappy playing this game. And it's like it's reviewers, and then I always wonder. And you know, it's the, the weird thing. And this is this is actually this just came to mind is that the average gamer. Um, will parrot the points made by an encumbered professional game reviewer. And that always bugs me the most. Like, you don't play as many games. You're not tasked with playing them professionally. You're not tasked with writing them. So why are you expressing the fatigue that this person who clearly has a different relationship with these games have? And that's always been like, it's like, um, the opinion on games now comes from people who have a different relationship with games than us. And for some reason, we are very comfortable with parroting those opinions. Um, it's like when streamers get tired of a game, like someone who plays like Destiny every day will get have a different opinion of it. They play it, you, they play it 19 times more than you. You can't have the same opinion of it as they do because it's their literal job and they need a vacation. You know what I mean? It's just very, it's just, it's just very interesting to see the fatigue of professional game reviewers then being translated to us, and we don't, we just like take that as our opinion of some of these games, and it's kind of like we just are. It's it's how we process the FOMO. We are willing to say anything to make sense of it to like kind of either either we um complain about it or we will take an opinion that doesn't apply to us as a reason to um, blow off something. And it's just, we're not taking joy in all these options. And, you know, and I get it. We're not trained to. Capitalism has us, you know, on the back foot, as well as many other reasons. So, but it was just, it was a thought that came into my head. It's just how we process FOMO is, um, whew messy boy that that's a good point the thing i 
I've never been put in a position to review games on a on a major uh, consumer site. But the thing about those is that often oftentimes is that the publisher won't give them review copies well in advance that seems reasonable and and it's still a lot of cases where like it, it's super short notice they have to hit a deadline the um writing question has to um you know really buckle down and, and as someone as someone who has to meet deadlines weekly that already stresses me out and that tends to show different ways. Like, you know, you can ask uh, Bacon and Aaron how that tends to show. It's like some days on Discord, I'll just be like, yo, what is Jeff on right now? I'm like, yo, I'm hop I hopped up on caffeine and I need like a news story to like help me like put my thoughts. You know what I'm saying? Because mm -hmm. I have to hit a deadline, you know, it and specifically thing about a uh, game reviews as well is just it's also like what is the website's relationship with that one publisher is it good is it bad whatever the case may be it can't be too harsh Sorry. bacon's laughing for a reason bacon's Co laughing for a reason because websites have been blacklisted kotaku and ubisoft with anything mm, right oh, um, oh now with nintendo because you know and I, right, and, I, I'm listen. You you promote a leaked copy of a first party game. I don't know what you're expecting. I mean, <laughs> I'm I'm not one to judge what what other websites do. It's just like, hey, whatever you choose to run is what you choose to run, right? But 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 to go back to the review part, it's like over the years, I've <laughs> you know, and especially when a release slate is stacked reasonably not most websites have the size to really tackle that they'll probably have to use um freelancers but even then it's like still working under a deadline you're still doing xyz and it's not fun so in, in a lot of cases you're like giving work it's like hey you got to do this or whatever it's like but this is not really my thing but it's just a part of the job like you know here, review a 200-hour game that you just got a review copy of three days before, and we need it the day it, that it releases publicly. You know, that that also doesn't help it either, because to Bacon's point, it, it it's... I I don't want to say you're kind of cooking the, the Metacritic numbers when you do stuff like that. Oh, but I like mean, these, 100%. Yeah, but, like, <laughs> these publishers, again, like, they know what they're doing. It's a part of it. Just goes back to what I was saying: is that machine where you feel you're compelled to buy all these things. First of all, the type of individual. Let I'm I'm gonna focus specifically on October. The type of individual who has the capita access and time, I'll be able to get all those major releases and play all of them is very very small. All those games are not in direct competition with each other. That's that's another thing too. I always find interesting is that. People have particular interest, right? Like Bacon, if you listen to this podcast regularly, Bacon loves stuff like Octopath Traveler. So if something like that pops up, Bacon's gonna be like, oh, hmm, you know, and curl the mustache because that's that's their bread. I'm and a butter. high fantasy junkie. It's horrible. Give I wasn't me gonna narrative. Say I, I wasn't gonna say it's horrible. I, I think that's that's good. You know, because Bacon knows what they like. And for myself, it's like, I don't really care about anything else that's really coming out this year. Like, the rest of the stuff I'll play eventually. But then it's like, oh, yeah, Front Mission 2 is finally coming out in the States. 
I want to play that because again, I just want to see how politics was like written in early 2000 Square Enix development team and how does that hold up today? Because in Front Mission 2, that's about like an army in occupied land. And if that sounds really interesting or, hmm, wait, what's going on with the news today? There's a reason for that, you know, that that's my kind of thing, right? But anyway, the type of individual that has the money to get all these games and they don't even blink is very small. The type of individual that's going to have the time to play all those things is also very small because people just have things to do. You have to go to school, you work, take care of kids. Um, you, you, you going out on dates, you know, whatever the case may be. It, 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 the, the thing I, 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 I find interesting is like, there's like my, my business journalism brain is just like, okay, these PR machines are great because people are talking about these things constantly. There's like engagement, engagement, engagement. And then the more logical side of my head is just like, there ain't no way on earth. You're going to download all of that on Game Pass and you're going to play all of that within an <laughs> entire month. There ain't no way, you know? So it's like, I always find it interesting. Oh, my wallet or where the time is going to go. It's like, be for real. I don't know why people feel like they have to say that. And, and, and when I'm in other discourse, I also notice that when people say that and I reply to them, get this, I reply to them with, but why they start short circuiting <laughs> why do you feel compelled you have to get all this uh like i understand if you get all this on, on game pass to play there but why do you feel compelled that you have to do it immediately in october and, and the funny thing is is if you can do that like if you have the money to be a, because I, I consider it game collecting because you're not going to beat all these games you're just not um statistically you won't um but I'll if you have if you, you ha right if you have the ability to get all these things and shouldn't it be a joyous time you got money like you know it's if you have some if you have you have the resources have fun be happy not all of us do celebrate it's not a point of misery not a point of concern or consternation or anything like that you just you can do it have fun with it I don't get the I don't I don't um understand the uh the high stress unless you're absolutely struggling to get even one of those things and you're cobbling like that's stressful when you want something very badly in one thing and you have to cobble together the funds for one thing that's stressful but if you I have it brain. I can have one thing and there's three things I want but I can only afford can only one afford one that's stressful mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, and what it. if I don't like it? Right. And that's a very real thing because there's been case and that happens. All of us are like I, I I know I've seen it on the Discord, myself included. We we saw a thing, we did our research, we read. Baker was uh, mentioning earlier how they like, you know, really read like the the opinions of people who know what they're talking about, whatever. And, and, and you do all that. You get the thing, and it turns out to be a dud. Death Store, that, that that crow game, whatever. That was fun, but that game has no map. And it's like, that's ridiculous. And it's like, once I saw that, it's like, I immediately uninstalled it. That was, what, $20 on a drink. 
Scarlet Nexus, that that um Bando Namkai uh little band Bandai Namco <laughs> RPG. The visuals are nice or whatever. You do cool stuff in battle, but the story was ridiculous. After eight hours, I was just like, I'm in my late 30s. Why am I sitting here <laughs> subjugating <laughs> myself to this? And I uninstalled it. And that was like $30 down the drain. You feel me? And I was just like, nah, like I need to stick to my stuff like front mission whenever that comes around. At least I can think about like real role politics and like writing that is surprisingly still up to snuff in 2023. But the nice part about Game Pass is that if I get a game like Astria Ascending, I just lost my time, which time is like actually my most valuable currency. But I, I still get money for that time. So, like, that time wasn't going to nowhere. That time went to a review that went towards the podcast where I got to roast the game and then multiple times and then, you know, get a little bit of kickback from it. So, for me, at the end of the day, it's still not bad. Um, you know, the the other dud for me was Destiny 2, which was a great disappointment. Mm. Uh, but, again... The podcast, I get a little kickback for roasting it for years. So <laughs> it's like the, the even though uh even though it costs money, I got back money. <laughs> right. So that like it's not it's not the worst, like that sort of thing's not the worst for me. Um it though the 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 feeling because like I'm neurodivergent. And um, with neurodivergency, depending on what kind of neurodivergency you have, because everybody is different, uh, and brains wired all differently, is like it, th- that the the this turns out to be a dud can feel disproportionately worse to some folks. And like that is worse than the the loss of time and the loss of money or the loss of anything is that like that letdown can feel real bad. Um, but also like if you recognize that that's what's happening, a lot of people don't recognize that that's what's happening. Um, Ain't that the fucking truth. I mean, to, to be fair, a lot of stuff is very extremely underdiagnosed. So, a lot of people haven't had the opportunity or the resources or mm-hmm. to know what they have or don't have. Um, uh, I know several people who think they're neurotypical and I've got some news for them. Um, they are very not. Uh, but yeah, like, so there's like, it, it's just a very intense feeling and like it can it can be for a variety of reasons but like that is also something that people want to avoid feeling and that that's valid um think finding out the reason why you're so stressed about which game you you want you're you're gonna play next is valid i get super stressed because i hate making decisions (laughs) Mm. i make decisions all day i am tired of making decisions I don't want to decide what's for dinner. I sent Aaron a screenshot of food I was going to order yesterday. It was like from four different places. And I'm like, you choose. (laughs) I apologize. I fell asleep. Yeah, you totally fell asleep. I died. 
I, I apologize for. Me, I'm sorry. I apologize. With decisions. I know. I apologize. I realized that when I woke up because I was like, well, like I said, I was turning into a van. I did that thing where I reached over and then I just kind of lost consciousness. I was reaching towards my tablet. And I was like, bacon, please, the Hawaiian meal. <laughs> I didn't make it though. It was very tragic. You had to make a decision. It was very, awful. Right. So, no, and it yeah. did turn out to be the wrong decision, but it was okay. Oh, okay. I was like, okay. Yeah, okay. my my stomach wasn't happy with it. Mm. Like it, it wasn't it wasn't the food itself. It was just um, uh, sometimes certain foods just don't agree with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and and sometimes those exact same foods will agree with me. I I, I have a question then. Mm. Um, do you think with the prevalence of undiagnosed neurodivergence that this entire general PR blitz style of like FOMO based advertising for all these games all at once is this causes more harm than good like who is this for you know what I mean so all these games are out and they cannibalize each other and then the gamers are not very um are put upon and then they have to make all these decisions that they may or may not be comfortable with and then they start lashing out which is one of the things that's very prevalent is now that games that um don't necessarily hit the mark like have this incredible wave of backlash from people who were forced to do all deal with all this and then play something they wound up not liking i'm just wondering like does this just harmful and this like is this like becoming just harmful on its face that speaks to a larger there's multiple ways to look at that question so i'll try to talk about it in a few ways so the current business model of what triple a publishers do publishers who tend to have a larger slate of game releases um there's a strong argument that Currently, as it functions, it's not very sustainable. I would agree to to an extent it's not. Oh, it's absolutely not sustainable. It's not even sustainable for their production. They're they're dying. Right. Because what happens is that operating on, we have to make sure our, our sales every quarter shows growth. That, that comes at some kind of, that comes at cost, but it's not always quote unquote good. However, they try to PR spin it. Um, the the other thing about that too is just that I will also argue that all games that tend to release within either a certain month or quarter, they're not necessarily in direct competition with each other, but people think so, which is very odd because the thing is that Alan Wake is not in direct competition with the newest Mario. It's not. No. They're two different markets. Right? No. Right. Exactly. Alan Wake is also not in direct competition with Spider-Man because, again, that's a certain type of market, right? right. And, um, and you know, for, for these businesses, a quarter is, what is it, like three months? You know, so it, it depends on how well a game does within you know, those those three months after it's released and whether or not they're like, hey, they put out a piece say we we sold however many copies, you know, and stuff like that. And, and the thing, it, what's really funny 
if a game sells 1 million copies literally a year after its release, that's still a big PR news thing, right? Which, which again, is just like, you know, that'd be a big deal for a publisher. Say it's like a smaller indie title, right? And say if it came out, it didn't do so well, but it's just chugging along. And then it hits like a million, hits a million sales, like 13 months after it came out, they're definitely going to put out a PR thing. They're definitely going to email people. They're definitely going to want interviews to th- talk about that kind of success, which I always find interesting, you know, because again, people just have spending patterns that aren't interesting. But knowing what I know and from what I've seen, there's, of course, always a big push with that. We want like initial, that initial window when we come out to be really strong and yes a lot of pr if you notice it it's just like oh you got to get this thing like when when we'll see um folks uh, and and you notice too like more companies are like doing contracts for like content creators like they do that for a reason right because they they know there's certain communities are not too great at (laughs) black people uh great at um, (laughs) advertising too you know what i'm saying and you know so yeah so yes i i I would argue that pr people they are very smart they are very knowledgeable what they do and when they create their um pr cycles they're very aware of the fact they want people to feel like oh i need this thing i need this thing bad but if that goes south the whole thing goes south and it's like isn't it like in the in the games that take I have a great answer to that about things go south but go ahead because the games that we all the games that actually make the biggest splashes are always like random double a games that are released in the middle of the year because they're better well even if they are or not it's like if it's like it's clear that this whole PR crunch triple a collision of games FOMO activation thing has like it's a it's a it's a very risky when the games that sell the most and the games that have the highest player count and the games that get all the streamers playing it and all that stuff oh it's just some vibey game some vibey double a indie game released from march to august every year for the past five years so it's like clearly the success is no longer in this triple a schmaz collision time it's just no longer there. And you run the risk of, like, Payday 3 is having this problem. Payday 3 had, um, Payday 2, Payday 1, or vibey AA games people like. Payday 3 has come out on the back of Game Pass. It has come out as a, I guess, a AA plus plus game, you know what I mean? And it had server issues. So it meant that the people who paid 30 bucks to play it extra, they had the early access thing, paid 30 bucks to play it a few days early. And the servers were shot. I don't know how they're doing any better, but they shot the entire early access period. So, and people were mad, and they were more mad because Payday put its hand in the AAA Schmaz collision FOMO action time. And again, you just run the risk of, you know, and frankly, like I said, Payday is more popular than they were prepared for. So, more people were on it than they were prepared for. That happens when you have an online game more people hit the servers than you're prepared for but when you are a part of this 
you run the risk of getting a lot of negative press to start your game's release cycle. Like, the, and it's just, what's the point? It's so it's so dangerous that I don't understand the point of being a part of it. So, I don't know. Bacon, you 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 had a point before I get into the. Nope, I had one and then I dropped it. <laughs> okay. Um, I think it depends on the type of game because, uh, because Payday 3, like you said, is a game that definitely something that needs robust servers, which I always find interesting, like which online games that are quote unquote new that do really well for themselves. You know, um, I don't, I don't think the new, uh, not FIFA has come out yet. I don't think so. No, it hasn't. No, it hasn't. No, it hasn't. No, it hasn't. Okay. I'm waiting. I'm wondering, yeah, will those servers crash because of like all the push that they've put onto this new title? You know, that that's something I think about um with that question that you asked. And the other thing too is like when things are hyped and they don't do well, I'll I'll give like two two examples. One of them is one that you're very familiar with, Callisto Protocol. Now that was something that we, we we just saw kind of all over the internet. Now, what happened? It didn't do so well. The head person Bruh. resigned, right? They had layoffs. Bruh. And that happened right after they released um, the DLC, I believe. Yeah, the, for last, the, game. the last DLC, yeah. And then right. Was, uh, they, and then they ended the story, and then they collapsed the studio. Right. So that's, that's kind of what happens if things don't go well. Like... Um, I think of you know one 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 of the my favorite games I played this year like season, that studio it had problems before with leadership and like how people were being treated that was already well known but that game despite how good it is and more people should play games like that especially with a black femme lead but like that studio they like cut people because the game just didn't sell and I don't know what happened I don't know what happened with marketing whatever but it just didn't sell that's one example. Sometimes, like, it's also sometimes just luck. Like, I'm, I'm gonna bring up Baldur's Gate three. I'm gonna say it. It's not a good game. Mm. <laughs> it, 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 you know, in a couple of years when like shits, you know, it hits that de- as people have been calling it, it's, it hits that definitive edition. Mm. Like, mm. yeah, yeah, like, mm. but like, I, I'm not kidding. Act three is really bad. Mm. Um. <laughs> mm. Um, That's a spicy take. We're going to return to that when I put a pin in it and make a note. Listen, uh, less than 10% of people still have beaten the game on Steam. So, uh, I'm not, I'm not saying that these reviewers haven't finished the game, but I'm saying these reviewers haven't finished the game. (laughs) Attack mode. I'm no. not wrong. Well, I, give it two months. Listen, I ain't arguing. You put more time into the game than anyone. I noticed, um, and this is, I don't mean to be mean. I see a lot of people spinning their wheels in Baldur's Gate, having a vibe like in the first 50 hours of the game, like yeah, in perpetuity. Like, and, they're like, and they're like running the game back with different characters, like the first 50 or 60 hours. Yeah, no, that, that's, that's what's happening. And, and I, th- do, I that- do, yeah. That's where the game is decent. Uh, the the writing actually just kind of starts dying about partway through Act Two, and then Oof. in Act Three it just falls apart. It's mm. it's very bad. It's mm. very bad. Mm. Mm. 
Mm. It is not good. Yeah, we're going to return to that. And it's like it's extremely buggy, and it's like game breaking buggy, mm. like actually, like very. There's a lot of there's a lot of issues, um, and uh, it's uh, it, also nobody thought it was going to be big. Larian didn't think it was going to be big. Microsoft didn't think it was going to be big. Sony didn't think it was. Nobody, nobody thought it was going to be big. Like they were anticipating, like like even like on their high end, I think they were anticipating like a hundred million, like no, like a hundred, yeah, like hundred million, hundred thousand. Like they were not except they were not anticipating a huge number. Um, they were they're just like yeah, no, we're gonna have like a modest amount, and uh, uh, that was not the case. That is not what happened. It ended up being quite large. And uh, they were very overwhelmed by that. They didn't, like, they didn't. People talking about, like, it's really funny. There's a lot of articles being like, Microsoft made a huge mistake. And I'm like, nigga, nobody thought that game was going to be huge. <laughs> Literally nobody. 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 We're all, you know why? Because we're all fucking waiting for the next Dragon Age game. And Bioware's, like, got issues. Mm. <laughs> I... The other thing, Bacon just said something that like um, rattled my brain a little bit. It, it's that time as a commodity, you know, that's like the most precious thing that all of us have, right? And that's divvied up with so many things, games, life, whatever it is, whatever you choose to do. Um, And, and the thing I think about too is that, is, is this so much so... And I'm thinking about a com comment that Doug, friend of the show, made on a Discord. Is that is it so much that these things are fighting for our attention, or are we like focused on perhaps the wrong end of that? You know what I'm saying? It's like going back to FOMO. Yeah, that's a real thing. Yeah, people people just operate on hype. But I think that the other thing about this as well is that as these things are fighting for our attention, they could be buggy. They could not do well. They could let us down in the third act, like Bacon mentioned. It's, it's just those things that happen. You, you cannot like magic eight ball that and just find out beforehand. I just think it's interesting because um, with all these different games, it's just like, I'm still of the opinion, it's like, hey, Roll the dice, whichever one looks like most interesting to you. Why not? Absolutely. What's, just play it. Just play it. What's the worst that can happen? You get to like the last 10 hours of the game and it just kind of stinks. Yeah, but you know. We we aren't conditioned. We aren't literally the last 70. We aren't conditioned to make the most out of things we don't like. And that is like, um, that is a. That is related to this, but I just find that that's a skill that we're lacking in as a people. Mm. Is when we don't like something, we like cannot find any redeeming qualities in it or any way to really discuss it. And it's just, it's very strange when something's bad, we almost like want to delete it from existence. <laughs> and I think that when we spend our time playing something that turns out to be disappointing, we don't know how to turn the disappointment into anything meaningful 
Um, and yeah, it kind of affects how we interact with the game. And again, you run the risk of getting a lot of negative backlash from people who were just like, this game was slightly disappointing in the third act. Go to hell! And it's just like... Listen, Kalisto Protocol. I love me some Kalisto Protocol. That shit was messy as hell. I ain't gonna lie to you. But there was value in it. But I get why people didn't like it. But I also... Folks didn't handle it well. And, uh... Again, that's yeah, a thing. What you say? With BG3, I think it just hit, um... It hit a market that's... Um... Goes a long time between content. Right. Um, because you're looking at, um, you're looking at the, the Dragon Age fan of Bioware. You're looking at the Skyrim folks. You're looking at like the long, heavy, um, high fantasy folks who also like to have like romance and narrative and choice and like custom characterization. Uh, the the CRPG people you're you're looking for like those people, and it's um <laughs> we're just waiting. There, there there hasn't been anything. There hasn't been anything for a minute. Um, it's a uh, it's a uh, been quite annoying that there hasn't been anything for a minute. <laughs> we're just like we're out of you. <laughs> Um, so like, I, I think, you know, I think it just happened to hit like a, a, a very specific market that's been like waiting very patiently for stuff and just hasn't gotten anything. And, uh, um, with a mix of, you know, it was in beta for three years. So like it had information, like people knew what the fir first act was going to be, um, and also luck, it just hit a perfect storm. It just hit a perfect storm, uh, which is also something that happens too. You can have like, they're, they're like fantastic, great, underrated games that just like don't get anything. And then they like suddenly get popular like several years later and the devs are like, the studio's already dismantled. Like everything's, everything's gone. And it's just like everybody's well, like, what happened? It was a great game. And it's just like, well, y'all didn't buy it then. <laughs> yeah. um, and it just be like that. Mm -hmm. but, yeah, that happened. There was an old action racing game called Split Second. Um, uh, it was very good. I think it's still the best arcade action racer ever made. Um, they sold it for full price, sold terribly. They disbanded the studio within six months. And then dropped the price of the game to about between ten and fifteen dollars everywhere, and then it had this huge resurgence in popularity, and the entire studio was just like vaporized, like no one was tending to the game at all. And I was like, I was like, yeah, I think I think um, I don't know where you put games has to be more thoughtfully deployed. This schmaz at the end of the year, isn't it? It just isn't it. Like. Given what the success stories emerge every year in gaming, this end of the year schmaz is silly. October is such a weird place for it. Like the holidays I get, like, like October well, is so weird. So October so. October emerged because November was too hot. So remember um, for a while, like, so Call of Duty, like, dominated November for so long that Pokemon. games start, 
Right. Games started coming out in October. I don't know if you remember. Like, Royale games used to all come out in November and hover around Christmas. And then Call of Duty just established some type of idiot shooter dominance. And then it games started coming out in October and September to get as far away from Call of Duty as possible. So that's where October came into play, if you remember. They were trying to avoid, like, the, the bro shooters were always coming out in November. And, like, Battlefields and the Halos and the Call of Duties and gobbling up all the market share. So it was like, I'm not going to put my survival horror game or my Sailor Moon um, fighting game out in November. I'm not going to do that. We're not going to feed it to Call of Duty, for God's sakes. So so that's what I think that's where I'm fairly certain that's where October came from. Because I found myself asking the same thing. Because this game, Shema, starts earlier and earlier. Pretty much from the end of August, where Baldur's Gate came out. And it just tries to get as close to Call of Duty without engaging it like a panther as possible. So... The thing that a lot of um, publishers, because of the way the the market is now, is just that it's just not smart to release something um, near Call of Duty. It's just not because the thing is, it still commands a large part of the market where that its sales are just going to dwarf. It it just is what it is. Whether you know that there's just data that shows that it, it's just been that. Um, unless like Bacon said it, you know, your specific kind of game, like Pokemon and you have a specific target demographic, you know, on the switch and yeah, you'll be fine. You oh. won't necessarily have to worry about that. Um, regarding October, you know, October has been packed before at times over the years. The thing with that is that, um, from what I can guess, with the work I've done and reports I've read, it, it, it's just that it makes sense to just release something at that time for a company and keep it away from Call of Duty. So like over time, it'll it'll perform however it needs to. And by the time the quarter is up, which is for some at the very end of December, the last day of the year, they'll report whatever they need to report, yada, yada. Um, but again, you know, if you have a game that's just so specific, has a different uh, kind of, you know, base and target, I, I wouldn't worry about other releases, you know, like I'm thinking about like Mario, for instance. So I don't know, but I, I would I personally would not release something towards like October, November or maybe December. Maybe. I wouldn't even bother with December. I'd, I'd go with the January when everybody's got Christmas money. Which is why January 2024 is like packed. <laughs> so, okay. I mean, all of, well, all of, all of first quarter is packed. It's not even just January. It's like, I, b- because of the genre of like 2A games that I play, March, fucking March. March is the October of this year for me. Every year, the last three weeks of March, it's like on clockwork. You can just see me screaming. Aaron should know at this point. Oh, no, I understand. No, I've seen it. Yep, I've seen it. Yep. Every no, 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 fucking March, I'm like, 
what is happening i needed it 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 won't be just like because like in this case like there's like a lot of games that came out but like i was actually able to weed through them because of stuff so it's like okay bg3 was a was like a necessity i was gonna wait for it and then somebody gifted it to me and i was like super hyped that they gifted it to me um because i've had an equal amount of joy as rage at that game which has been an interesting experience um and i get to use it as a character builder for my DD group for my D&D game. So like I'm like at the very minimum I have the best D like it's so cool seeing a black character. Um cuz like th- I don't even think the character creation menu is like that expansive. It's just all of the options are very good. Mm-hmm. Like when you have a when you have like a small selection of very good options, it like it feels bigger than it is. Uh because usually there's nothing. Mm. But if you look at it, there's just it's just there's actually just two faces per race that are like black people. And some of them are the same face. There's not a lot of face diversity, but you do have a lot of skin tone diversity and it's very good skin tones. Mm. And there's like there's like a handful of like uh, textured hairstyles like. And not all of them are good, but there's multiples of them. Mm. <laughs> so, like, again, it's not, like, expansive. There's just very good option. There's just a lot of very good options where we're not used to having any good options. Um, uh, um, so it's, 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 like, it's stuff like that. And then, like, with Starfield, uh, I've... I mean, I already was, I was already, Starfield was already going to wait, but then I found out about the motion sickness problem mm. and the accessibility issue. And I was like, Ooh, this is extra going to wait yeah. and, and, and might not be because like, um, I think, what is it? The, 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 one of the directors of Bethesda, like specifically of that team was just like, ah, we feel like leaving the bugs in there is part of the experience. Well, the bugs in there are fine. That's what makes their game. But the accessibility stuff, they said they were going to add in, and they mm. were going to throw that stuff in there. Um, let me apologize for that. Now, the bugs, they're like, nah, our game is fucked, but we make it fashion. And then they went on to explain that they were going to add accessibility stuff, FOV sliders, things like that. So Yeah. They, I'm just like, I'm like, no, I do get motion sickness in video games. And uh mm. Uh, that motion blur, like if you went through the Reddit forums, like you, you, not even just the Reddit forums, it was Reddit, Steam, like all across the board, there are people who are like, I am throwing up. Yep. There, are, there, there was actually a substantial amount of like very unhappy motion sick people who could not play the game. So I'm like, I'm like, cool. It's always very odd. Um, um, tight, to, tight, FO, don't need to touch tight FOVs cause motion sickness. They just do empirically, so I just find it weird when it's not an option. Um, you're gonna cause major discomfort for some people, and I just don't understand why you would do that in 2023. But the game had to come out, I guess. Um, yeah, uh, Palia actually makes me motion sick. Palia also came out, which is an cozy mm. MMO, and that one's got like you know it, it's very very much really? a beta. i'm having a lot of fun but it's also a game i can play with other stuff like i can i can kind of the nature of mmos is i can continue playing it oh my god this cat um wait palia makes you sick yes palia makes me sick but they have a they have an accessibility feature with a crosshair 
that you can just have in the middle of the screen, like not middle, but like on the horizon middle mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. So like what it does is you kind of like focus on the crosshair. So it actually helps with motion sickness. Mm. See that, 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 that right there. That's cool. I did not know that. that yes. Very cool. Yes. That's what that crosshair is for. It's for motion sickness. Aaron's making the the thinking face. Well, no, I'm I'm thinking about, I'm just thinking about the um the actual like, uh, like, how do we, is it a them problem? I'm thinking about just game releases, whether it's something we're not taught to process or whether it's something that they're doing that's silly, that is taking advantage of a extremely stressed out populace. Because it's the same. Like, I don't know. It's just like I've just been thinking about that while well, we we're talking. Because we're in the, we're we're approaching the same problem with streaming services. You know mm. what I mean? Where it's like there is so much. There are so many options, and I think I, they, I mean oh, honestly, wait. the problem with streaming service to me is that they're all trying trying to go back to the cable model because they all trying to get money instead right. of just being a fucking streaming service. And it's like I'm not having 16 streaming services to get rid of cable. Right. <laughs> right and it's just it, I, I will have one maybe two and Netflix is trying to like cancel the password chain like I'm like y'all are gonna have to figure this out right I'm just wondering whether like this all these options and essentially operating on fo- on consumer FOMO is starting to like buckle like putting so much weight on applying pressure to the consumer is starting to buckle whereas the things that we like are things that are for the most part not applying any pressure to us at all even the shows we like you know it'll be like some korean mystery that gets hot on twitter and everyone's watching this korean mystery drama thing and no one said anything except unless you're in korea but everyone else here we didn't say anything no one said anything and it's kind of like we're now kind of like it's the double a game released in june model you know, whatever that game called Up was, was it called Up, Up Above, where you were just climbing? Like, I think they got deleted from Steam because you know, we were leaning on the one guy who made it too hard. So he was like, fuck this, I'm cutting the game off. But mm. that game where that boy climbs, where you're playing as a kid and you just climb straight up as far as you can until you get to the end of the game. Let me look it up. Yeah, so I'm just, I, it doesn't, it's very clear that, um, we are not handled that we are the 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 returns on this are and it's always weird so when you see something that fails like callisto protocol you always hear something ridiculous like um only up only up right um i was thinking about up but only up is up and then up is that pixar movie um it's a very adorable pixar it's a fantastic movie um and it's like the um, the publishers thought that they were going to sell three million copies of Callisto Protocol when only two properties sell millions of survival horror or anything. It's Dead Space and Resident Evil. That's it. And Resident Evil is batshit. So I don't call it whatever. Resident Evil is its own thing. And again, it's like. It's like there's just such a disconnect between what. <laughs> what is being oh. sold to us and how and who we actually are as consumers and how we're changing and okay go on. it actually got removed from steam because of copyright violations it 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 did at first and then it came back if you look again the um actual dude was like 
Oh, due to the amount of stress. Right. If you look, because it got taken off originally for copyright things and then put back on. But because everyone keeps leaning on the one dude that made it, he's just like, fuck it. <laughs> he pulled it. He's like, nah, this is y'all, y'all niggas. I'm one dude. Like, y'all, please. I'm one guy. Leave me alone. One person. I'm one guy. Indie game. Right. But again, that was the game. That was one of the games of the summer. Just a game where you use a boy in, sh- boy in shorts climbing up. You know, so yeah. Um, I don't. The thing is, as wonky as that model is, it still works out for a good number of companies. So that's not really going away. Um, but does it does it allow for? So it works for the juggernauts who it works for. So you can be like Call of Duty. You know, if Call of Duty is a kaiju, then so is Mario. So is Pokemon. So they can go fist fight over the city for as long as they feel compelled to. They're capable. But for so many other games, it's not. No, it's just not. It's just not. Like, you know, like it's, it's like, you know, you can. It's just it's just um very it's just very interesting. And the games and, and I find that more games have more success just avoiding it. Like um the Dead Space remake avoided all the Callisto protocol nonsense just by coming out in January just casually came out in january everyone loved it. i mean it's a very good game and is better than Callisto protocol but it just came out in january that's it january 27th last week of the, last last week of the month i i think and that's the thing too just some some games um it's like you said the just a look at a jaw kind of thing. It's just like, um, like for example, um, I think of that game that came out during, uh, what was it? June, July, Sea of Stars, that. In one day, that sold like 100,000 copies, right? Yeah. Not a lot of games of that size do that. They don't, yeah. right? And then it sold like 250,000 and however, whatever the number is at. And a lot of games just don't don't mean that you know that doesn't happen for everybody. It's just, it's just one of those things. And I think the best that the, like going back to the earlier question about us as consumers is just that and try not try. I mean, we all respond differently to like FOMO. Me, I just have a general disposition of, man, I really don't care because I have to, like, read all these reports and listen to all these CEOs and blah, 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 on my end. So I have a, I'm not going to say apathy on my end, although you could say that. But for me, it's more just like the machine's operating, right? But then I also think about, like, what that's like for, like, indie developers whenever I have the opportunity to talk to them, to interview them, and how they think about things and that's different for them and they also have to think about when they release what makes sense yada 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 so it's different on that end um but for me personally it's just like i'll see a thing whatever and i'll be like oh everybody's playing that good for them i go about my business because what's going to happen is that i'll like come into work and then i'll see that oh said game sold millions in what six months and i'm like yeah they did a lot of pr for that they're a big publisher they had commercials 
You know what I'm saying? I'm much more interested to see what what you two are like playing for the time being, just listening to read. I find that interesting. So I, I I'm gonna be playing CSRs and Solar Ash once I figure out how to play that game without getting motion sick. I was playing Solar Ash right before the podcast, and I yeah, like I said, I made I made the grave mistake of eating uh, leftover Chinese food that was only partially agreeing with me mm. and then uh g- got i got through the first boss of solar ash that 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 dragon motherfucker and um i had to just lay on the floor for a minute or 20 <laughs> that, that game the game may not be viable it only gets worse uh yeah well i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to see because um because the movement the 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 scale gets bigger and the game gets more unhinged as you play it it, this uh there's different things that trigger my motion sickness Mm. so it could have like it really could have been i just ate before playing hmm like if you eat if you have motion sickness and you eat before getting into a car you're gonna have a bad time like i don't drink coffee before i go on the bus mm-hmm. or if i do i like like drink coffee right after i get off of the bus or like i'd be taking like the nut tiniest of sips <laughs> because coffee will set off my motion sickness mm-hmm. uh because uh, the, the only place I don't get motion sick is trains and boats, which really? doesn't make sense for people. Yeah, boats? I'm fine. Yeah, boats. Yes, I I have sea legs. So you need like that deep undulation. Like that's the problem is when you're in a well, car. It's like when you're in a car, the bus is well, just like vibrating. Air conditioner, like the um, an air the air going through like machinery stuff uh so that's like it's uh not being on a plane that gets me motion sickness it's how the air gets processed that makes me 100 percent. yes that is and so it's the yes. same in cars like the second you turn on the ac i get sick um so i can't like it get i get another thing that makes summer really difficult like trying to take an uber anywhere like they have like i have the window like rolled down they're like I'm gonna roll up the window and turn on the AFC. And I'm like, my fuck, my dude, I am going to throw up. <laughs> yeah, I get that. It is, uh, yeah. it is why I'm um, like, back down the window. <laughs> yeah, that's why flying is unpleasant for me. Just because, um, the recycled air is, yeah, it, um, it just it, doesn't sit well. Well, the, well, it goes through, I can't remember. It goes through a thing and it, you know, picks up stuff on the way that, that are harmless, but it makes me sick. It gives me a headache and it makes me sick. And like, also too, like once the headache happens, it's just a down, it's just downhill from there. So the way I handle that is I just go to sleep. Mm. I have like, I, I'm now like a robot where I just like, like we get in the car, we've crossed our arms, we put our head down, powering down, powering down, powering down. <laughs> yep. That's when I out. Do. Right. Immediate reaction. Same on the planes. I get on the plane, I sit, I get into position, I st- and gone. I mistreat myself before I get on planes. Like I don't eat. 
like I make sure that I'm tired and um, prepared to go to sleep. Like if not, no food, no caffeine, no nothing. I get all the plan. I sit down. I'm asleep before it takes off. Mm. So I totally get that. Yeah. So like, like with Palia, it would it would just be like um, I'd be playing the game for like an hour, and then the motion sickness would kick in. So then I had to find like go through the settings to figure out like what's like brain what's like not triggering the motion sick. Sometimes like just looking away from the screen would it for like ten minutes fixes it. Mm-hmm. So uh once I figure out what the exact trigger is for solar ash, I can figure out how much longer I can play it. Cause like like I can play games like Shadow of the Colossus without issue. Um, that's so odd because that game is all screen shake whether you're yes, on horseback I, I, I played the shit out of Mirror's Edge that's really that's really interesting yeah it is not consistent on what triggers my motion sickness but I did like I did look at Starfield and it was like if you if you get like a tinge of motion sickness you will be unhappy with this game and I'm like bet I will Come back to you later, sir. So, I think we are um, approaching Jeffrey's time. So, we're going to uh, see if there's anything you'd like to add before we release you into um, your um, mentally engaging, uh, culturally enlightening afternoon. <laughs> um. Oh. Thank you both for having me as usual. I, I really appreciate it. I was glad to talk. Um, I'm just so sorry I wasn't as engaging because of this monster. <laughs> the whole time he was talking to me. <laughs> he was talking to Dynamite. Just to make sure Dynamite doesn't like pop off their desk during the podcast. So this whole time, while Bacon is like talking, making these good points, we see Bacon is like petting dynamite, just just to make sure we didn't hear a random thud during the <laughs> podcast. I want everybody to know that. Yeah. I, and then she kept like trying to jump on the fucking desk. Yeah, she, she actually looked. She was like reaching out at your face while you were talking one time. That was very funny. <laughs> Oh, yeah, because like, what are you doing? I'm making a point. We're not playing <laughs> patty cake. <laughs> oh my god. Um, but not like um Yeah, you know, uh try to have try to have fun, whatever that means to you during these um interesting times that we live in. Um on the subject of like, you know, if you're if anyone ever wants to be more active in like an organization, whatever, you know, I found that you don't necessarily like have to be the person that's like at the big event or does all the talking. You you can find where you fit in. Like me personally, I found like, oh, I'm I'm kind of good at public facing like, you know, statements and stuff like that. And I'm like, okay, cool. This this is something I can work on, you know. So, you know, if anyone ever wants to be more active in and you find an organization that works for you, always remember there's many different ways that you can um help. You don't necessarily have to be there, you can just help being at home whatever that's cool um also if you don't feel like going to work you have pto if it's an option to not show up to class just take it why not 
You're tired. You don't feel like it. It's okay. Take care of yourself. You know, you're a human being. Bruh. Bruh. Class starts Tuesday. I have three quizzes on Monday. What? Please explain. Exactly. <laughs> nah, your professor tripping. What the hell? <laughs> I'm just like, I'm like, go to sleep, professor. Go to bed. I mean, three quizzes before the class starts. The day before class starts. Now, are they online? Can you like look at them? Because then you can just look up yes, the answer. Yes, that's how I, I, I oh. opened up Canvas, and that's where I saw it. Oh, then just look up, look up the answers online and answer and knock them out. Oh, it's not that kind of quiz. Oh, it's like like oh. personal responses. It's not like multi multiple. They really they want personal yeah, well, responses before yeah, the like, class so starts. Like one of them's like a quiz on chapter. There's a quiz on chapter one. There's a quiz on the syllabus, and then there's another quiz which I like. By that time, I checked out on what the quiz was about. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, that's not. Yeah. Well, I, I, I mean, no, but uh, I just thought it was funny. Sorry. Like, like that's clearly a person who needs to take a break. No. Yeah. Yeah. If take you're that kind of person, please take a break. Yeah. <laughs> you're take a day a off. <laughs> no, for real. Take a break. Um. But yeah, take a break. Uh, do what you got to do. Um. Yeah, have fun. Do things that 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 feel good uh, for you. That 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 you know recharges your battery, whatever that may be. Because um, some weeks are harder than others. Some days are tougher than others. But one day at a time. And yeah, that's that that's that's it for me. All right. Um, that is our show. Um, Wait, read books or listen to audiobooks too. Stay informed. Read books, listen to audiobooks. Um, try to have fun despite the um, FOMO-based advertising crunch. Um, don't buy all the games if you can't. And if you can buy all of them, have fun, but don't expect to beat them. And don't buy a game that you're not actually interested in just because people are talking about it. Don't do yeah, that. Don't buy That's games. How that. you also get disappointed. Yeah, buy don't, don't the games. That. You actually want yeah. and are interested in. Yeah. <laughs> Mic yeah. drop. That's it. We done. Have a pleasant day, everyone. Alright. Um, one more thing though. I want it. We're gonna do a little bit of an experiment here. Apparently, um, Bacon, Justin, and Bap have gone on a role-playing adventure. And I uh, wanted to play a little bit from you uh, for everybody at the end of, after the show is over. Uh, Bacon, can you tell us a little bit more about it? So uh, a few months ago, I found a game on Steam called Wildermyth, and it went on sale. And um, uh, it's a it's a very like we talked about it a little bit on the show, but it's a very simplistic uh, uh, kind of tabletop uh, RPG simulator kind of thing um on the surface it looks very simplistic but like you can like make a character and uh there's uh and you can you can you can uh control the settings and how your character looks it's very like storybook like watercolor storybook picture art kind of style so it's not an in-depth character bu uh builder but you can uh, what the in-depth part is, is setting your uh, character's personality. 
like you can actually get really, really in there and it'll setting your character's personality will show how they react to certain situations. And there are a lot of different stories um, in this game. Like there's there's some if, if and if you use mods, you can play like like a lot of other people's stories too. It's all very um, community content friendly. Uh, they even have like community content stories in the base game. Um, and so what we were doing is we were uh, we we're playing through a campaign, uh, me, Justin, and Bab of Wildermyth in this D&D-esque, tabletop-esque uh, game. And we're reading the dialogue that like shows on the screen because y'all can't see it. We can see it. We did do a video recording though, which will be on the Patreon. Yes. And uh, um, yeah, it's one of the, we're experimenting with the stuff. So we're going to play a little audio of uh, videos on the Patreon and uh, yeah, we're going to keep going, but just wanted to uh, kind of, you know, let everybody in on some new stuff we're doing. And uh, yeah. Are you guys going to play Wildermyth more? I think so. We're just going to have to figure out like, you know, got to got to align the parent schedules and the the full-time student schedule. Mm, but understand. the se- like the sessions go like, you know, a couple hours, so it's not too bad. And it, like many a campaign, if we don't finish it, it's okay. It's it's all about the enjoyment we have while playing it. And it's it's I'm actually excited because Justin has like seen how into the weeds you can get with it, like because you don't have to get in the weeds. You can just take everything on the surface and just go play and have fun. But there there are so many settings like that you can get into to really customize the experience. And he has gone all in on that and is starting to do some of his own writing for it. And I'm a little excited. All right. So, um, yeah. Thank you guys and uh, enjoy the listen. So, we're about to play Wildermyth. I'm sorry. Uh, so, as we play Wildermyth, for those of you that don't know, I'm going to give a brief overview of what Wildermyth is. Wildermyth is a game on Steam, it is a tabletop esque game. Uh, you have it's told like a story and what i'm well, all games are stories but what i mean is it's told like a an actual book that you would read there's pa- the the aesthetics are very page t- like it's like you're turning a page as the scenes progress uh, your characters look like storybook characters like they're from they're drawn into a storybook it looks it looks incredibly detailed, right? Like for the for the level that it is, it's 2D sprite or 2.5D sprites, but there there's a level of care in this that is just, once you see it, it's really, really dope. Um, and when I say tabletop-esque, you make your character, you put your, you can make your stats, you can make your backstory. It's, it's very D&D-esque, but it's not D&D. Uh, the combat is very the combat is simplistic it's simplistic and easy to grasp if you've played a tactical rpg before you know what to expect the real the real places where wilderness shines is the narrative and the random scenarios and the art and the role-playing elements within the game so what we are going to do is we have bacon the proprietor of ADD space we have 
Aaron Bapp, the proprietor of the Black Astronauts podcast. We're all going to play Wilder Myth. We're each going to have our own character, and we are going to go through this story. And I am excited to see uh, what happens. We're all going to have exclusive control of our characters, and as we recruit more characters, we can divvy up who actually has control of them. And we hope you enjoy the show. We'll be going through the first story in Wilder Myth called The Age of Ulstrix. It is a three-chapter story that is geared towards new players face off against the implacable Gorgon leader, Ulstrix. Let's get to it. I love everything you just said. Yeah, no, same. Uh, also, this... oh, go ahead. I wanted to say um, my name is going to be Finling from now on, um, and I'm going with the fact that uh, my mother just liked the uh, letter N. So there you go. <laughs> there it is. Uh, this will be a carved in stone game. If we, if we die, we die. No. Yeah. Okay. Uh, no mods. Uh, I have not gone through the mod section. One thing I didn't mention though is Wildermuth has an extensive modding community, and a lot of the mods are custom scenarios or custom scenarios and custom events. As you play the game, random events will happen. And if you look at the writing credits for Wildermuth, you will see a lot of different names. And every time a random event pops up, you can see who wrote the event. Uh, one thing I'm actually working on now that I have a good grasp on how to create events is I'm writing out my own scenarios and events. I think that will be a lot of fun too. So yeah, but this will be a no modded run. Yay. I mean, I let, I, I have no, I have no issue with mods, but Steam. All right. Makes it so we're. I was gonna say yeah. So Steam makes it so that if you use mods, you don't get achievements, and it's the worst. Yeah. <laughs> I need achievements. All right. So we're now at the character creation screen. Aaron will be our warrior. Bacon will be our rogue. I will be the mystic. And yeah, this is the part where we create our characters. Yeah. Uh, so I, no, no, first we're of all, name. we're going to do this. <laughs> oh, age 18. I like that. So age actually matters in the game because time progresses and your characters get older and they can actually retire. So I got an 18 year old. Yes, that means I can actually probably have this character for all three chapters. His name is Boar. We're changing that. Jote South, man, no. Thail Bogust. No. I ain't get rid of this facial hair. Absolutely the fuck not. I'm just not finding somebody I like. Oh, never mind. Never mind. You can make somebody you like. I know. I just wanted a, a nice base. I'm not as creative as y'all. Alright, cool. So, yeah. I'm just going to doing the name randomizer. Like, I'm not just going to make my own name anyways. There we go. Stardrick. I like that. So of course it'll be tall so the other thing you can do with this with the character creation is your characters can all have relationships with each other they can be friends they can be rivals they can be lovers so you will see a thing that says who your character is attracted to that matters because that determines what kind of events you can get within the game i love that there's random romance that's yes. so great it's so great Oh, I, I have to, I will, I will not be, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to go like into the stats. Yes. Yarns? Oh, I like oh. that. 
your characters can also be non non-binary. Your characters can yes. be gay. Your characters can be pansexual. <laughs> Unfortunately, there is not an option for asexuality. I know, unfortunate, but it's okay. I have, I have, I have, I have some purple hair. I have purple. Oh, what? I'm gonna be a little bit taller, cause you know, for canon's sake. <laughs> I like that it has the. You have the ability to change so much, and it's so simple, right? Like yes. It makes you want to go like, okay, I can dig into these stats, and it doesn't seem like it'll be too much to build a character. All right, if I'm gonna be a mystic, we gotta have we gotta have dreads. We gotta be a dread mage. Not a dread mage. What 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 mage you know doesn't have dreads or long hair? Exactly. Uh, they could be bald. Uh, is there a way to tell the voice? Also true. It's got to be a way to hear it, right? Hold on. Uh, a is a higher pitch. B is a deeper pitch. I'm going to go B. If I remember correctly. But that only comes up in combat. Okay. Okay. Um... <laughs> Stats look all right. They look okay. I'm not really. Mm. Now personality. Mm. There we go. The, the personality. The, these are the only stats we're gonna mess with. Yeah. Wait, wait a minute. Loner. Absolutely. Okay. So hold on. We're pushing that leader all the way to the top. We are not a loner. We're pushing that all the way to the to the bottom. We are not a loner. I remember where it is. There it is. There's the personality. Oh, I'm absolutely not greedy. No, let me. What? No. Absolutely. No, I am. <laughs> oh, this game is gonna be fun. Yeah. I'm, I'm not a loner. How do you get your points back? What point? I'm down here in the actual stat sheet. I'm in the wrong place. Oh wow, it has your history already. Yeah. We should read the, these are wow. Wow. Is this all random? This is the yes. first time I've seen this. Wow. Yeah, it is very random. It's also very funny. Um Alright. My oh, so your hooks? Hooks are three random things that affect the kind of events your character will be involved in. So in addition to the personality and your personality, you can be a leader, bookish, romantic, healer, goofball, hothead, snarky, poet, coward, greedy, or a loner. Those affect what kind of events you can get. Your hooks are just the additional traits about your character. I'm almost done. Almost done. There we go. Nice little messy bun. I was gonna say, can you change bun. your hook? Yeah. Yeah, you can go in and change it. Where do I change that? History. Oh, there it is. Are we reading our histories out? I mean, I don't know if we are streaming or not right now, but some of these histories are really like well written to be 
Random? Wow. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't mind reading mine. It's pretty funny. Very cute. Uh, let's see. Um, I'm naming mine Larkspur. Uh, the rumor was that Larkspur was born with it. A weird leaf-shaped jewel. They clutched it while they slept, and it always gave them comfort. Though even they couldn't say why. From curt tales, they told of life on the road. Odd jobs and strangers treated them poorly. Left few good memories to dwell on. They claimed to seek only peace. Peace, of course, was a tricky word to pin down. That was great. Great. That's actually pretty dope. Yeah, that's what I said. That, that actually makes sense. So, the story of Nim Yarns, uh, which again, I, I'm really feeling that name. Uh, the plateau where Nim grew up with her aunts was always hammered by winds that carried seeds from afar. Some of them grew into strange foreign trees and some of them may have rooted in her chest. Typically, she was found to be at sweaty taverns throughout her youth, trading insults, kisses, fists, and flagons with other sweaty patrons. Perceiving a world full of short-sighted people she decided to forge a path forward and settle debts later. Huh. I, like I love this. Yeah, this game is great. <laughs> All right, let me go into Shardrick Elm's history. Skilled at forging compromises, Shardrick could only credit a childhood among brothers and sisters who had a penchant for teasing and horseplay. A rough, strong beast hunter took him under her wing, taught Shardrick all she knew about seeking dangerous prey. Also, something of a passion of lonesome people. He sought out a balm for the pains of life, walking in the company of strange lands and people. I love this so much. Yeah. Yeah, like, like what else can you say? That's, that's literally randomly generated, like... Come on, guys. Like, y'all, come on. No, it, it, it's so good. And the character... This is why we can't play Baldur's Gate. Because we've been in this little itty-bitty character creator for like 25 minutes. <laughs> oh, joke's on y'all. When I finally get Baldur's Gate, I'm going to pull a bacon and just spend like the first day making a bunch of characters for different campaigns. You, I don't think he can. Can you? Don't you? You can't import your character. You have to do it at the, the screen, right? Like you have to do it as uh, the game is started. Uh, unsure because they just made a patch where like a person can just jump into your game or not. Oh, you know what? You're right. So You're right. I don't like. I don't know how long that's gonna be like a permanent thing. I think they're making multiplayer more friendly. I I just think the game was released unfinished. Yeah. There's a possibility that they had to get up out, get it up out of there before Starfield. I mean, honestly, I don't think they should have, but like, like I'm, I am deep into Act Three, and it is it. it the further I yeah. go, the further I go, the more like jank it is. It's wild. I had I, just, I, I had a fight where like the cutscenes after the fight, like people weren't wearing shirts and like like, just, yeah, and you know you know when they're like. It, it's like it looks like that texture has failed. So like, where a shirt would be, it was just solid block of color. Like like the white uh, people, the white people were were all just red, like straight red. And then there was like a brown person where it was just like the the 
it was just straight brown. No. I wonder if that last patch did something no. because no, I I was I've been I've been because with every bug I find and every issue I find I go down I go down the uh, rabbit hole. Okay. Of of Reddit and like I I do research on all the bugs and um no that one's before that patch. <laughs> they they got a lot of work ahead of them. <laughs> yeah, that well I I only said that because I got the mermaid armor uh recently. And it's been bugging since I put it on Jahira. Like, just straight up bugging. Yep. Like, I don't know what's going on. There's, there's, anyway. There's two pairs of shoes. Like, I found a pair and Kath, uh, Cthulhu, uh, one of my FC mates, found a pair where it just, like, made your legs vanish. Oh, that's great. It's hilarious. I'm just like, this game is so dang. <laughs> yeah, I haven't made it into Baldur's Gate proper yet. I've just been on all the outskirts. So. Uh, I'm a, if you're playing on PC, I'm going to recommend that uh, uh, you make it the highest priority on your computer. Oh, my God. It's been killing my... Oh, my God. The memory leak is ridiculous. Like, go into your settings and just make it high, Baldur's Gate 3 highest priority, and it'll help smooth some shit out. It is bad. Like every couple minutes, it just hits. It's just. It, it's gonna be bad in Act Three. Like I'm in. No, no, no. I'm in Act Three. I'm just around. I haven't made it into Baldur's Gate proper. Like I haven't been okay. over any of the bridges. Yeah. So, without spoilers, uh, there's earthquakes and those. Oh yeah, you can see those. Right. No. Yeah, yeah. But but the earthquakes have an additional effect on them really yes they do there's an additional <laughs> effect on the earthquake that you can visually see and i think that's part of what like it is it is it, er, the earthquakes are very intense and then you have the earthquakes combined with all of the people around so yeah that, you know what yeah that's now that I, I i know exactly what visual elements you're talking about now yeah that makes sense. Yeah, so I would I would go in your computer and like for like you know the resource allocation like put Baldur's Gate three on highest priority and it, that helps a lot. Thanks, thanks for the uh, advice, boss. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> you're welcome. All right, we're ready. I promise. I promise. All right. Uh, so I want to see what happens if you click start. I don't have the ability to. Let me look. Yeah, I think it's just you, buddy. Okay, You're cool. So, so now I know for the future when y'all are ready, you can just mouse over the start button, and I can see that you've moused over the start button, and then I. Can oh yeah, start. you. Yeah, you can see all the. Can I see your mouse? Yeah, I can see your mouse. Yeah, yeah it's period. it's really trippy. It's really just. <laughs> this book. Well, I'm gonna click read along with the leader. Me too. All right, I am the leader. This book. There's room in it for another story. It's cold. I'm stuck here. Maybe I don't survive the night. Then these words are for my friends. If you find me, be brave. Nim. Larkspur. This is a warning, but where do I begin? Here in our yandering country, something in the woods is very strange. 
tugged along by the gentle desire to see friends, a young woman named Nim takes the seasonal road to the town of Pebbleking. That's Aaron. I wonder how many of these soft-glancing townsmen remember me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess I'll just have to do something memorable this time. Breeze is light that day. Birds are timid. In fact, the whole world is taking a breath, ready to leap into the sea. I'm there already, huh? Here's the hard part. Getting Larkspur out of bed will probably take the rest of the morning. Listening to their morose little comments and also, that's smoke. Fluttering flames roost among the far off rooftops. Nim hurries towards town, thinking of Larkspur, a young person whom she's known since girlhood. Now we have our first choice. Nim must choose their relationship with Larkspur. Are they rivals? Are they friends? Are they lovers? Well, Nim, hmm. We are probably, we're probably friends. We're just friends. We're not rivals. Larkspur, you all right? I'll get you out. Just make a little noise. Constructing mission. Constructing mission. Oh, wow. I'm just in it. Okay. Um. You gotta go I'm to, over here. Gotta go to my house. I mean, yeah, I guess we do, huh? My house is on fire. Clearly. <laughs> You're not doing well. Open it now. Their house still standing, at least. Larkspur. Fire out here? You're not sleeping, are you? She doesn't know. <laughs> the door unlocks. Why, no one. Larkspur shoves it open. Hey, do you not smell the... I smell the smoke. Get inside. Slamming the door shut. I like your haircut, by the way, on a side note. I know, isn't it good? <laughs> your bow. Yeah, I'm not trying to shoot out the fire if that's what you're about to say. Actually, there's... Is that Godzilla? It's a something. <laughs> a monster in the garden. So yeah, I'm very annoyed. Staying in here uh, isn't really an option. Right. So here, I've got some tools around. You're stronger than I am. You can swing something pretty good. I bet we can at least drive it off. Now, Nim chooses her weapon. Oh, you know what I'm going with. 
This is for cooking? Why'd I grab this? Plus frying pan. Plus frying pan. It can it can be killed, right? Uh just be ready when you open that door. Alright, let's get to it. The row has been added to our faux card deck. So the way this works is the the game board has a deck of enemy cards. We've just added an enemy card to the deck of available opponents for us. That's going to matter later. You coming out or? You... Uh, I think we go this way, I think. Yeah, yeah, we go that way. I'm sorry. Also, the cool thing about this, you can move your characters at the same time. You don't have to wait on one another. Yes, which this is great. Super nice. And the enemy's been revealed. Look out, it's the road. And I got it leaves you. poison. Oh, yeah, it's about to get bashed in the head with a frying pan. <laughs> oh, it nah. does. Shoot the motherfucker. Oh, shit, I crit. Crit. Oh, I'm about to. It's okay, I got it. Dead. One thing I do like, it doesn't matter which character gets the kill. Everyone gets the same XP. Everybody gets it. Nim Yarns is now a Greenhorn Warrior. Warriors like Nim are built hardy, enduring with a natural aptitude for battle. They develop powerful techniques for close combat. Let's see. Oh, Blood Rage, sure, absolutely, I'll take that. It's a passive. Uh, my melee and my range attack to deal more damage based on the percent of health I'm missing, up to four uh, four damage. So I'm gonna be at low health all the time. Hilarious. Do this really quick. I'm just adjusting my volume really quick. Oh yeah, maybe maybe I was a little bit louder not. No, uh, game volume actually. Okay, Larkspur ah. has grown stronger. Hunters like Larkspur thrive in the wild, surviving through stealth and peerless archery. They master their surroundings and bring down large quarry. Uh, ooh, a rogue passive. Every time Larkspur kills an enemy, they enter a grave plane for free, becoming hidden. Ambush is they draw back using a ranged attack on the first enemy, dealing two extra, uh, hunters that threaten tile, dealing extra 2D damage if the shot is not sprung. You get a free attack at the beginning. Or ember arrows when standing next to a fire. <laughs> Ooh, that's good though because LJ could use that by having fires everywhere if he's a mage. I mean, I do like fire. Oh, salvage? No, but we don't. But chance? Yes. Which one of you wants to crit? Oh. Well, yeah, Larkspur has to crit. That's no, yeah. That's not even an option. Oh, I have to give it out. Just kidding. Oh. Yeah. Yes, I'll, I'll, I'll take the say. Okay, so the next bit is a bit of feedback from you all. Uh, you can hit us up on X Twitter on UN Fridays. 
You can also hit me up on uh, at Freeman at um, unfpodcast.com if you want to just let me know what you think. If you want more content like that in the future. If you feel super strongly, you can hop on the Patreon at patreon.com backslash on Fridays. But um, for the most part, just wanted to hear what you think about, um, you know, forays into all different types of uh, gaming. And whether you like audio, video, what's the preference? Let me know. Okay. Have a pleasant day.